You're listening to DraftKings Network. You'll go last, Piper. We each say our names. Allison. Sarah. Shana. Piper. Good job, team. Way to go. All right. Can't believe I didn't fuck that up. (laughs) We usually do. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, we are joined by the life living on a schedule having. So we are on a mission today, people. The beautiful, the amazing, the brilliant Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? You make me blush. I'm good. Yeah, I have a a meeting I have to attend. So we're going to try to bang this out as best and as perfect as we can in the time. Perfect. And we, of course, would not be too many men if we were not joined by, usually we're praising her hockey sense, but today we're going to praise her interior decorating skill with her honeycomb wall, which when she tweeted it out, still managed to have a typo in it, which was very impressive. Did I fucking really? Yes. Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. We are so excited. This is someone who's been a friend of each of us and also of the pod for so long. We love her dearly. She is brilliant. She is one of the best broadcasters I know. She does a tremendous amount of work that we're going to have her explain because people may not get it. I'm just going to say her name and I'm going to let her do that. Introducing her in the voice of Ross Fletcher, Piper Shaw. (laughs) Piper, how are you? We're so excited to have you. I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here. What an honor to be part of of the too many men. (laughs) Piper has made ghost appearances, both by mention. She's also been in the background sometimes in in hotel recordings and done food runs, which she loves to do, or her favorite. Um, But that's a story for another day. Um, Let's get right to it, friends. It is time for Sarah Sivian's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? Bit O News. Bit O News. Friends, don't forget if you haven't already, it is time not just for Bit O News, but time to get your Bit O News merch, which is available on the Too Many Men Teespring website. Links in all of our bios. We'll remind you at the end as well. But here we go. This is something that we've been tracking for a while, but it's happening tomorrow. So we wanted to give it its good bit of attention tomorrow. Tuesday, March 14th. We are recording on Monday. So as you listen to this today, if I can do math, today at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus, the Disney Channel, Disney XD, and Disney Plus, we are back for the NHL Big City Greens Classic, the first of its kind live volumetric animation of an NHL game telecast for the game between the Rangers and the Caps Shayna, you were the first to put this on our radar. You loved the previous iteration of this kind of game. Let the listeners know what this is all about. Yeah. So the NFL teamed up with Nickelodeon and had like a really cute version of it. And it's like a nice way to explain the game and bring in, they brought in like people from Nickelodeon shows. So it like, it bridged that gap. And I feel like sports are not very good at marketing to young fans and trying to bring new fans in. And the NHL is a million percent guilty of that. So they're obviously working with Disney because they have all deals with ESPN. This is an actual animation though, versus I think what the NFL was, which was like an NFL game with like slime put on top of it and things like that. This is like 
I think a fully animated game. So it's going to be really interesting because like Rangers caps is a choice. Um, <laughs> if it's at its peak, which who, who who's to say what it will be at this point, but um, you know, maybe this will help bring in some new fans because the hockey sure as shit needs them. Well, I saw one of the NFL games. I think they've done multiple of them. And one of them had like SpongeBob and Patrick and Patrick was explaining things. So I hope it's like that. When I was um, looking into this, I saw, I think Nickelodeon did an Islanders game last year. Yeah, it, it seemed like online and it was basically like the same execution as the NFL game. But frankly, I didn't see anything beyond like Twitter highlights of that. So I'm not sure exactly how it looked at the NHL level with Nickelodeon. But I'm looking forward to seeing what Disney does with it. Like, Here we go. Full animation. I mean, full animation. Like, are they going to animate the players? Like, what's happening? You know, yeah. they, they kind of did like graphics and like overlays with Nickelodeon. So I wonder what that looks like for Disney. I wonder if they're going to have like little Mighty Ducks things or something. That would be cute. It's it's big big city greens. Is that the name? Yes. I just, is that I like just a said show. It. Oh, is that a? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, like, like you said it. And I'm like, is that a sponsor? Is that a? Sh- that's a. <laughs> I think it's a show. I think it's a show based on the little video promo because it's like a dis. It says Disney and then big city greens like as a part of the Disney logo thing. I personally, think. I'd like to see like Aladdin on ice, like going up against like Jasmine and Gold. Like that would be cool, but I guess that's not the vibe they're going for. I think that means we're old because we don't know <laughs> who Disney cartoons are. Mm-hmm. I want the Lizzie McGuire cartoon, like yes! hanging out over the penalty box, like breaking down the penalties. Piper is a huge Disney aficionado people. So her vision is is important to, <laughs> to factor in here. Sarah, is there anything else you're looking forward to as far as this game? I know Shana talked about exposing a, a newer fan base, hopefully to the game that we all love and cover. It's just always great when there's something that we actually do in a positive, wholesome way that brings more fans to the game. So I will be nothing more wholesome than Tom Wilson and versus the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True, true, true. All right. Well, in another bit of news, um, for those of you who may not have already heard, the GM meetings are going on in Florida right now, uh, one of two times a year that this group intentionally gets together. And they've just started their meetings on Monday. Again, that's when we're recording this. But the first updates are starting to come out. Usually this is about figuring out what topics are going to be up for debate. There's been a lot thrown out there. Could it be uh, trade-related scratches? Could it be changing the schedule? Could it be adding teams? No, no. My friends, we are going to the most important places. Will they expand the coach's challenge to have additional review for high sticks and determination of puck over the glass? Sarah, for you, how important are these things really? And are you glad they're being discussed or should we be talking about different things? Well, you think about the 2006 playoffs where we still talk about the puck over glass penalty that led to a goal and then what what could have been. So I do think puck over the glass is pretty stupid and we should we should look through that. But I I don't think we need more coach reviews, like especially for high sticking. We're going to be doing that all game. It's just going to be like I, I think we opened a can of worms with coach reviews to begin with and we got to keep that to a minimum. Piper, what's your take? More or less coaches reviews? And if there are more, are these the right calls to be looking at? I feel like there are many things that everybody's always calling for to be reviewed. Um, Puck over the glass to Sarah's point. I can see how that can be something very frustrating to end up make or breaking, um, you know, especially like a playoff game, a game that really matters. Um, But also it is something that can be 
intentionally done, but I don't I don't personally know that it needs to be reviewed by a coach in terms of puck over the, the glass personally. Shayna, in all the world of hockey, how important are these things? And what's your dream add to the review that should be going on on the GM agenda this week? Hmm. So I don't have a problem with like trying to make the game more efficient, but I feel like there needs to be, first of all, more camera angles implemented then if this is how it's going to be. And they need to be more accessible and not something that it's like, we have to wait eight minutes for this one angle to load. Um, And I feel like there should be some sort of rule written in that there's a little less gray area. Like it has to be directly implemented, uh, directly affecting the play and it can only be challenged within like 30 seconds of it. And the challenge has like a timer itself. Uh, One thing that would be nice to actually be reviewed. You know what? I don't even give a shit about what's being reviewed because the one thing I care about that they added in, I really do like that they can look at things and decide, like you can just call it as a major and then review it. I I do think that's important. Figure out the right penalty um, because those are the hits and, you know, hits and stuff that should always be looked at. I would like to see something added on who is looking at it. I would like more goalies there for goalie interference. I would like more clarity on the rules that we have. And I'd like the system to kind of be perfected before it's expanded because it just feels like it's it's making way for chaos. And there's so many other things to be talking about at the GM meetings. And it feels like they're just like, uh, rice. Like when you have tires in the mud and you're spinning, spinning their, their tires. Spinning wheels. They're just spinning their wheels. It feels like they're just spinning their wheels. On shit that they every every GM meeting, it's like you have so many important. Like, listen, you want to change the rules about like the trade related scratches? Super simple. Add in a rule that says get off your fucking horse and trade the player. Done. Next problem. Now, like, let's spin our wheels on this and add more shit that we don't even have clarity on. What like nothing works. Let's add more to it. I so agree with that. That's exactly. It's like it's not that it's not important. It just feels like aren't there more? There's bigger fish to fry here. It kind of feels like. And the excuse they always give me when I ask is that it's going to take so long to get everybody to agree to the big things or to change. I'm like, well, the longer we wait, the longer it's going to take to do that. So why not just like get it started? Get the clear the time, clear the time, give them hours to speak about this instead of hours to talk about coaches challenge, which isn't even right in the first place. I think it's an important thing to have. Don't get me wrong. If you like, again, if you want efficiency, but maybe like, fix the puck tracking, then you can know if the puck actually crosses the goal line and have better camera angles and have better systems in place. And then worry about that. If you want to take time on something, that's what you can take time on. Like when you really think about it, the coaches shouldn't have to be also officiating the game and seeing, oh, they did this wrong. Let me call them out. Like they should, in a perfect world. But obviously officials get a lot of hate and they're only human and the game's moving faster. And there's things we... The people are seeing now because the broadcasts are so clear and everything's better than ever that we used to miss before. So it seems like officiating's worse than ever, but it's really like everything else is getting better and how much really can you make it better? This is why my crusade remains. And it has been for years that one official needs to be made available to the media after a game. Just one. Yeah, why not? And maybe it's just a certain amount of time. Maybe it's a certain number of questions. Maybe the questions have to be submitted in writing. I'm fine with all of those options, but we have to hear from the officials. We just have to, in my opinion. That's my long life crusade. Um, but speaking of things that we can uh, see on the ice, my friends, last bit of news. There is one team and one team only in the NHL on March 13th. Actually, it was March 11th that had an X by their name, meaning that they have officially clinched a playoff spot 
and that is this year's iteration of the Boston Bruins. Y'all, they have 50 wins, nine losses, 105 standing points, 11 standing points more than any other team in the league. It's absolutely insane. They lost to Detroit last game, but honestly, I just think they were hungover because they went out and celebrated, which more power to them. Sarah, this is in your backyard. Your thoughts on the powerhouse that is the Bruins that I think we all can agree, of course, except when they played the Seattle Kraken at home, haha, uh, is just a juggernaut this year. Yeah, it's just so many. It's like a movie where there's so many supporting characters and cast and everything. And there's always some dramatic story that's amazing. Like Allmark switched his um, in the game that they won that clinched the playoffs. Allmark switched his what do I want to say hat helmet hello but um to a new one that had good his, with words yeah, <laughs> it had his late dog on it and after that he put up these amazing numbers and they came back to win the game and then of course it's Garnet Hathaway with his like first goal as a Bruin in this dramatic fashion it's just all their acquisitions are doing great the team just meshes so well together and it's just absolutely absurd yeah they got their 10th loss on March 12th but it took till March 12th to get 10 regulation losses like that is just absolutely insane in this era of hockey and to make a NHL record like it's just I don't know I it's so annoying that the debate here is what if they get out in the first round it's like there's some mentality among people that then they should wash away all the accomplishments of the season but I, I think long live the walls they were crashed through regardless I think it is an amazing feat and there's a lot of randomness in the playoffs which make them magical and special and of course it's meaningful on a higher scale but i do think it's not all for naught if you break all these records and do something special and then have a first round exit piper you are one of the few people that has the rare opportunity to have seen the bruins lose a game uh what is your take on just how good this team is this season well, to echo what sarah said i think that they have been so fun to watch, even though we're all the way here. We're all the way here on the West Coast. Like we're still absolutely tracking. And it's been like the storyline of this, especially in this era of hockey is is incredible. I mean, it's so awesome. And even if, you know, anything can happen once you get to the playoffs, right? Like who knows? Who knows what will happen? Whatever. That's a whole separate storyline. But for this to happen in 2022, 2023 for this team that a lot of the building blocks have been there for so long and it's the whole kind of buy-in and trusting the system. Like, I just think that's such an incredible story for any hockey fan. And if you're here, like, I want to grow the game of hockey. I just think this is, it's something special that is interesting to, as a thread to pull through this season. And that's fun to watch, even if you do not care for this team. Uh, Allison, I think your question was what makes them so good. I mean, what doesn't, what doesn't make them so good? They're, they're an incredible checking team. They can score goals. They have, Great goaltending, as Sarah pointed out. I mean, the ability to just buy in and come back and fight through anything and almost make it look like it's no sweat is is a feat. Is It's fun to watch, too. Sheena, is there any weakness in this Bruins squad? Or are they, again, anything can happen, but, but it's going to be really hard to beat this team, it looks like. Yeah, like they're so good in every which way. And it's like they have the traditional Bruins strength you think of, like the big bad Bruins, sure. But like it's... It feels refreshed with Jim Montgomery. It feels like he really worked with players on like how to maximize their game. Like you see, like Charlie Coyle really picked it up this year and Jake DeBrusque, you know, he was doing really well last year, but now you see him taking it to another level. Like 
they have the elite players at the top and the elite players they have are so dominant on both ends of the ice. I feel like, you know, you have the offensive superstar of David Poshnark, but you have Bergeron who age defies him and Martian and, and McAvoy. Like, it's just like this, per- it legitimately is this like perfect core, you know, that just all comes together. They have an elite power play an elite penalty kill. They're perfect defensively. They're amazing offensively. And now goal, which last year I think could have been viewed as like one weakness, which really wasn't a weakness. It's even better. And if Olmark, if anything went down there, like they have swimming, like that is top to bottom, how you build a team, how you maximize a really strong year when you're worried about like what the future holds. Um, the one weakness is above the team. It's, it's things with management and even they have their strengths, obviously at the deadline, it's just like personal things and being human beings sometimes is a problem in drafting, but you know, this is this is the team to beat, and it'll be really interesting to see like how it goes and how they're remembered if they don't win a cup. Happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's move on to our last bit o news. Um, obviously, came out Friday. Uh, perhaps one of the biggest stories that everyone said they saw coming, just not now. And that is that Chuck Fletcher is out as GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. Dan Daniel Briere is in as interim GM. Many people expect him to stick around and have a permanent role. Um, but the organization has said they're going to be hiring for three big front office positions as well. There's lots of candidates out there. Um, Sarah, what was your take on the firing in terms of timing? And are there candidates that rise to the top already for you in terms of voices that this organization really should get into their front office, regardless of which role? It was hilarious that it was not a week after Tony D'Angelo defended him. <laughs> like It's like the curse of Tony D lives on. But I mean, the timing, it is surprising, but in a good way, because yeah, he did, had a horrible trade deadline. And then they finally were like, okay, we're not wasting any more time. Goodbye. I... I don't know who I'd want to see. Obviously, some more women and people of color, but that just goes for any of my answers of any open positions. I'd like to see more maybe analytically minded people who could work with Torts and his coaching style. And it's interesting that like a lot of people are arguing Torts made the team better than it was, like with his coaching style and trying to get them, squeeze things out of them. And then it's a tough position because you're obviously trying to tank, but that just needs to be more communication. And he didn't force Fletcher to make any of the moves he did, obviously, at the deadline. So it's just, they need more of a direction. Shayna, what are your thoughts? Who, who, What kind of voice do they need in there? Is there a person that comes to mind for you? Were you surprised by the Chuck Fletcher firing? I'm not surprised about it, but it's always funny when you see, like, it feels like the Shirelli firing, like they let him sign Koskinen and like put the nail in the coffin for the team. They're like, now you have to go. Like you couldn't have seen this coming. You couldn't have recognized that this wasn't the right person before. I think everybody, it feels like everybody outside of the management staff understood what this team needed to do and what like the rebuild that they needed. And they were the like only people that couldn't say the word rebuild was the coach, was the management staff. The coaches are understanding of the players get it. Everybody around the team gets it but the person that legitimately needs to understand it. So it's once again, it's like, that's the person you let take you into the deadline and look what happened. Like you have these pending, like, sure. It didn't, it's lucky that they didn't wait for them to trade Farabee or connect me, but like you didn't maximize the pending UFAs that you had. You didn't bring anything back. You did legitimately nothing. So now you're like, Oh yeah, now we're going to do it. Like, all right, go off. Um, And it does seem like already it's like a breath of fresh air. And I think too, it's interesting when teams decide to like, they consolidate the positions and they're like, we want a president and GM and now they want it separate to so have that better, like power 
dynamic, I guess. So for this, I feel like the flyers tend to go for people who were in the organization, right? Like Chuck Fletcher was someone who has a reputation from his other time in the NHL, but like a lot of times it's former players and Breer is right there. So I don't, I am curious if he could be a good fit because, you know, he technically is someone new into the circles of management. So let's see what happens um, if he has like an innovative vision, but it would be nice to see a cast of more diverse names and those who haven't done it before. I feel like rebuilding, you can do it so many different ways and get different results. And, you know, every GM walks into a different situation and this one isn't the easiest because of some of the contracts they have and whatnot, but it does feel like they could go really innovative here and be like, all right, let's see how we can handle, you know, rebuilds compared to how Montreal did compared to the Rangers, the, the Kings, the Blackhawks, teams like that. So that's what I would look for. Um, do I think it'll be someone, I think, I feel like Philly's going to go very traditional here. And I feel like Pittsburgh, if I were a betting man, they're going to make a management change this year and they're going to go for the more analytical person. And I kind of want to see how the two go at the same time. Piper, your thoughts on the Flyers situation. I always find it interesting when a team has just made a big coaching change not that long ago while they're in the middle of, you know, the rebuild era that we got to shake things up era and how much time they might give, you know, the personnel in terms of players, the personnel in terms of management and the personnel in terms of coaching time to see what they're looking for, whatever that magic recipe is that they're looking for. Obviously, the trade deadline was the last straw in the hat. I don't know if that's the saying, just like Shayna's wheels in the mud. I'm yeah, do, sure. do you want to, what, what's the real saying, Alice? Let's know. hear it. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's either the last straw or it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, the straw that broke the camel's back. But it's what goes not in the, hat? the last straw in the what hat. Does it go, what goes in the hat? Something like feather in your cap. Is that but it? That's a compliment. <laughs> that's that's a, compliment. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's another but what feather if you take in it your out? cap. If you take out, if you take out the feather that's from the cap, isn't it a bad what, thing? What is no. the straw in the camel's back? Like what? No, even, it's the straw that broke the, the camel's straw. What is the straw? Bale How are you breaking the camel's back with straw? Aren't okay. they stronger than a piece of straw? It's the camel. Sarah's going to kill us. Piper, please continue with your thoughts. I mean, I just think it's interesting to just see what's happening there and what they do decide to do in terms of going forward, because you do have not not obviously Torts is not a new coach. He's not a new coach to the team at this point, but it's still, you know, it's a fresh ish change. So I'd be interesting to see um, who they pick to, you know, help create this roster for him to coach and just kind of the dynamic that unfolds. Absolutely. Well, we will be watching it and we'll be, of course, offering our very unsolicited but very correct opinions on all the things as they come out. But we wanted to have Piper here for a very specific reason. Uh, There have been a couple moments this season and probably even before this season when I know everyone on this call has seen how other people choose to see each of us. And the text started flying. Can you believe this is what they said? Can you believe this is what they said? And I think the common theme comes down to a feeling of being pigeonholed or misunderstood in terms of our commitment to the work that each of us do. Um, I know Shana and I have been called analytics people, even though we're actually storytellers or analysts or on-air talent or things of this nature. Um, Piper, I want people first, before we get into some of the pigeonholing that's happened to you, I want you first to explain to the people People just, just, I should say, see you on TV, telling stories, um, contributing to game broadcasts, giving insights, but I don't think people understand everything that you actually do. You are not just a quote unquote 
reporter. Can you just, you know, I know there's so much, but can you give just kind of a quick oversight of really what your job is? Yes, absolutely. So um, I think one of my frustrations with the whole pigeonholing thing is to your point that people don't see a lot of the work that women do that actually has been the qualifier that has allowed them to be in the place that they are. Um, I'm also a a producer. I before I was in hockey, before I was in sports, I worked in TV news where I was shooting, writing, editing, hosting absolutely everything that I did every single day. And a big reason that I have this job is because of my ability to write, edit, produce, do all of the things. It's not just intermission interviews. A way more important part of my job is producing our our weekly Inside Kraken Hockey magazine show, ideating all of the content, all of the features that go in it, writing it all, selecting the sound bites, gathering the interviews, building the graphics, doing all of those things. And um, it's just on that note, it's it's frustrating to be pigeonholed in that because not only is that a huge reason that I have my job, but I'm also, with all due respect, the only person on our broadcast team who has any kind of experience, even a drop in the bucket of doing something like that and who's able to do it, frankly. She's calling me out. She's calling me out. I I, I know, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But, uh, you know, part of what goes into Piper's story, in addition to all that incredible work that she does, is she also happens to have, and I want you call me out, Piper, if I get this wrong, a hobby of writing and recording music. And people can't seem to make sense of the fact that someone can be pursuing something as a career, which is broadcasting, and also have other interests that aren't, you're not just in sports till you get a a record deal or something like this. And Sarah, I know you see this with women and with a lot of different groups of people all the time in sports. I mean, what's your take on it seems like constantly, particularly to women and people of color, if you are find a way to make a space for yourself in sport, there's either a qualifier or a very specific thing that separates you from the job you're actually doing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. It is because you have to be so good at, or like really stand out on one thing that like people needed at the time right but it's like oh then that you look back and you're like did that become my identity it's kind of like an existential crisis at least for me when i <laughs> left the athletic too because it's like okay i was in the locker room trying to get these guys personalities and now i don't really have that kind of access so i'm like what else but i i know i started blo- i started this whole thing blogging so i can still go back and do that again and then i can go do whatever so it, it's like i didn't even consider something like a podcast before we did it because i'm like oh I do this. But then you're like, says who? I see all these other guys doing stuff randomly. Why can't we? Shana, I know you had an immediate reaction when one of the most recent articles came out. Uh, and we're we're pushing you all the time to make sure you're never diminished for everything that you do. Your thoughts on often being called just an analytics person. Well, first of all, Piper, I did not recognize that you were basically the Mika Zibanejad of um, media here (laughs) with your music hobby that you're not allowed to do both. Um, So I really hope no one's, uh, you know, talking shit being like, oh, go focus on your media career because you'd be like, you know, some said it's Mika Zibanejad and he scored a shit ton of gold after. And his music's really good, actually. I like it. It slaps. I love it. It's almost like the opposite. Like people act like I'm just doing this, this for fun for now, because my real motive is to like be a pop star. I literally like just started releasing music in August. Like I've spent my entire life trying to have the job that I have now. And it's still, and I'm still just a reporter, not to like 
diminish myself, but it's like, and I'm still boiled down to, well, you're, she's here because she's pretty, not because I'm smart or that I have any of these other skills. It's like, it's like, it's this, it's a trick instead of yeah. Taylor Swift has this great quote that like women always try to say there that success in songwriting is a trick instead of a skill. It's like a spell that she's conjured. <laughs> and that's why she, it's, it's, it's like legit. And it's just like, no, like this is, this is, this is hard. This is the result of hard work of more than 10 years of trying to be where I am. And then oftentimes men don't even have to have that experience no. or try that hard. And it's just, yeah, frustrating. It's like, I get why Hannah Montana had like two personalities. It really makes it just, it just right now, it all came together for me. Um, because people can't understand that you can be one person and have different multitudes to you, just like Hannah and reveal When you take off the wig, it's like, oh, how could this be one person when they're just wearing a wig? Like, It's so funny how many conversations I have with men who are like, oh, my God, you're so interesting and complex. Like, no, I'm a person. I'm literally just a normal, normal woman who has a hobby. Like, and that's also why the comment about like aspiring musician just kills me because one, you should not have to make everything a freaking revenue stream. Like we don't have to capitalize on things that we like and that we have passions for. Also, I'm not an aspiring musician. I make music for fun. I am a musician. Allison, you're not an aspiring yoga instructor. You are not an aspiring yogi. You're, you are, you are because you do. Shayna, you make scrunchies. You're not an aspiring <laughs> like for fun, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's such a good point. That's yeah, no, like point. I, um, I am a rich man. <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion designer for four seconds. And then I was like, no, I don't because I didn't want to make shit for other people. I like making it for me. Stupid things like scrunchies or like if we have a party, my friends want to dress up like wrestlers. I'm like, I'll make the vest for you and I'll design you a custom jacket and do stupid shit like that. I don't, it's not a career. This is, you know, but I, I, yeah, my back to when you said like, Allison, like people will be like, oh, she's an analytics person. It's like, I know I'm not a beat reporter or anything like that. And I never sought out to be, but like, I can hold an interview. I can do things like that. Am I a, a perfect journalist in that, like that capacity? No, I did not go to school for journalism. I have no experience and I'm learning on the fly, but like, I know how to do different things. I know how to put out stories that have reporting. I, I don't know know how to break trades and do shit like that. And they know how to have some fucking fun with it this year. Thank you very much at every NHL insider who doesn't want to have a good time. Like I, you know, and I also like, I think the funny thing is too, like when you hear analytics, people are like, oh, she only knows numbers. Like I, I work with video more than numbers, if anything, like to be honest, like that is what I do. But I don't hear anyone be like, oh, she's a, a video analyst or anything like that. It's like, oh, she's an analytics expert. And I just feel like, it, or even when people be like, oh, well, she only focuses on like the Rangers and Devils, which it's like, it's not the case. Even last year when, yes, that was part of it, that was not the majority of it. Like I try to anytime I correct it, like I am a national analyst. That is how I view myself. And I think that keeps it very open because I can do different things. And if I was a man doing it, they'd be like national senior writer. But yeah. like, even if that, that wasn't their fucking title, you know, that's how everyone would think of them. Or if it was their title, they'd be sure to get it right. The other thing that's funny is think about the term analytics expert. It doesn't even make sense. That means you're an expert of analytics. It doesn't mean you're applying analytics to sport anyway, but regardless, go ahead, Piper. It's just like women need these qualifiers to be allowed in men's spaces because it's a way to like make them feel more comfortable. Like as if, as if we get to be the exception to their little bubble or to their space because we do this one thing. And so like, it's like, we're allowed because 
we do something special or specific that's like this little trick. So that's why they're here. Yes. So it's like you have to like explain it away. Like yeah. well, he can just do that. He can just do that. But she is particularly unique in this way, which whatever. I love that for all women who are here who have had to do that. They've had to do that to make a space. But no, women should not have to be the exception to the rule. They can just be part of the rule. They can just be the rule. It's a double-edged sword, too, because, yeah, we have to be experts in that one thing, but don't get too crazy and start doing other things on my watch because you can come in and be this part that I can't do, but once you start doing things that I can do, too, we're going to have a problem and we're competition. They don't have to see you as competition if you're the one niche other thing. And people, I think sometimes I feel like, too, people put you in niches and they don't even understand what they're doing. It's to your point, Piper. They do it just because they feel like they have, like, oh, you do analytics, but they don't know what that means. And so then they're like trying to say like they get you or whatever, but they don't because they don't even know what they think they're saying you do. 100%, 100%. And I just wanted to just since I'm here making my guest appearance, I know I was mentioning Taylor Swift. We're all Swifties here. Shayna, that just accept it. Uh, (laughs) But back to her quote about like how people try to undermine like they're like, oh, she just writes breakup songs. But then there's all these men, Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, like Sam Smith, all these men who just write break, just write breakup songs, which also I will say she doesn't. But I it, it's like a way to undermine all of the hard work and the success. Um, but people who pay attention know that the music industry and the entertainment industry work hard. But Taylor Swift works harder. And this affects the Leafs because fuck oh Scooter Braun. Oh, my God. Bieber. Noted Leafs fan and jersey designer. Oh my God, you brought that home. That was so smooth. That was really impressive, people. My work here is done. That oh, was- <laughs> this this reminds me. I don't remember if I texted you both about it. We were doing. I was on like a panel for McGill uh, University for like sports journalism, and the person who put it together, Tilly, is a listener, and she messaged me about like joining and told me she was like a fan of it. But so they're doing the panel, and Arpin from The Athletic who writes about the Canadians. He was talking about this series in Toronto uh, with like a very Toronto thing when it was, um, they had the first responders, but still the crowd noise going over it. And at the end, Tilly was just like, I'm really glad you brought this story up because on Too Many Men, they like to talk about how things affect the Leafs and you you really got us right there and got us, you know, one for this conference. And I was so fucking hyped. I love that everything comes back to the Leafs and that's our like our brand now. It's, it's, it's incredible to me. The Leafs needed this. They needed I think it's so our new. I think it's our new merch line, Shayna. Honestly, this is your new task. How does this affect the Leafs? Justin Bieber, enemy of the pod. <laughs> and new May. <laughs> we can get away with it if we don't say maple leaves, just leaves. That's true. We're just yeah. talking about trees. <laughs> and we, we are advocates of climate change. <laughs> yeah, we just we don't like the spelling of leaves. You know, we want we want to talk about multiple single leaves, not a pile of leaves. It's different. Come come at us, Kyle Dubas, over your trademark infringement. If we just say leaves, please. I mean, honestly. Kyle Dubas is the one, the general manager. He's very concerned about very this. Concerned. Kyle, we very know you're concerned. listening. If you want to come on the pod and collab with us on this line. Well, we'll I have heard one the last man. episode, you know that all the very important hockey people, all the general managers, they're listening. <laughs> they're listening. We all know you're fucking listening. Yeah. Although we do, we did hear from someone that we all like respect and admire. Um, and we just want to say it was the coolest thing in the world to hear that this person actually listened. So we appreciate that person and they probably know who they are. So anyway, I think the challenge that we have to leave that we want to leave our listeners with is just, it feels like it does. Ha- I mean, there's a fine line, right? Because someone, of course, to your point, Shana, can be a beat reporter. Someone can cover a certain team, but 
I think we have to continually challenge ourselves when we see new voices and new faces or people who don't look like all the old white men in hockey coming up in this sport. It's fine to celebrate their uniqueness, but don't let it pigeonhole them and don't let it restrict how we see their abilities or what they can do. That's just my two cents. I don't know if any of you have any other final thoughts, Sarah. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially me right now trying to navigate. People will be like the style rankings. I love doing things about it's like a fine distinction because I do love doing appearances 100%. about the style rankings. But I'm still the person from last year who did the other stuff. I like I don't know. It's kind of just a little weird. 100%. Piper, Shana, any final thoughts on that? Not pigeonhole Sarah. Yeah, don't pigeonhole Sarah. We'll come for you. And we'll drag you on this podcast, a podcast that everybody listens to, including Kyle Dubis, general manager of the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> we're totally making this up, people. That's not the person we were talking about. As far no, as we know, no. we don't know if I, I highly doubt. With No, all Kyle good. listens because everybody listens. We've, okay, we've gone through this. That's not who we're referring to this time. We just happen to know because it's just like our the person sense. we were referring to is actually more important to us than Kyle Dubas. Very, very much so. Yes. Yes. Um, But like, I think too, it's like, it's important to know, like if someone wants to be a beat writer or be an analyst or be an expert in one thing and just that it's perfectly okay. Um, It would just be nice if people were recognized for all that they do. You know, like, I think that that that's like the big difference. Like you can say, I don't know, someone say they're a host and that is what they do and they love to do and they're incredible at it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you, you know, have different things, like just, I don't know, open your brains for like 4.2 seconds and actually learn what someone does. And like, I just think there's ways to be thorough and it's not even saying do that much work. It's just like a courtesy thing too. Like if you, if you interview someone, right? Like, and this is some Allison, I remember asking you when I like was first doing this, like, how do you figure out what to like call someone? Like, do you ask them and double check their title? It's as simple as that. Is it okay if I refer to you as X? You know, if I'm describing you, I'm talking to this person, assistant coach of this team, like, that's an easy one, but some of them it's not. You might want just that qualifier. When I, Alice and I cited you in something, I was like, how do you want me to list you? Because I can name a hundred things you do. And you gave me like a title and it was like, perfect. That is what I'm going to go. Like, you know, there's just ways to be thoughtful about this. And it just takes 4.2 ounces of effort, which I know it's like really asking for a ton sometimes, but it's not. The number of times that people have done something with me or on me and then they say host of the Seattle Kraken. I'm like, I don't host. I am not. I'm not even kind of. I mean, except for that one time. The one. I like host of the Seattle Kraken. What does that mean? Do you host them at your house? Do you have them over all the time? Exactly. Like, I'm not even kind of the host. Like, what do you mean? So respect the people doing the work. Acknowledge that they can fill many spaces, even if it breaks your tiny man brain to realize that they actually can. Uh, And then support the actual work. As we stress all the time, it doesn't take much. Throw an ounce of support. As we do every episode, we end with our favorite game, and that is Fuck, Mary Kill. And in honor of our very special and talented guest, we are taking our Fuck, Mary Kill nomination from Ms. Piper Shaw. And my gosh, y'all, you couldn't have set this up better with, as Sarah likes to call them, continued idioms from Shana and Piper jumping right in. So here you go, Sarah, you get to go first. Uh, (laughs) It's in honor of our idioms, but it's also in honor of the conversation we just had and making sure that women get their space and respect at the table. Take this however you wish. Fuck, Mary kill, a slice of rice. Oh my God. A crumb or a slice of the pie. 
I'm marrying a slice of rice just because that is new and innovative and I'd like to see it. I am killing a crumb because fuck the crumbs. I don't want crumbs anymore. And I'm marrying a, or fucking a slice of pie. Is that piece the of the last? pie? Piece, of, piece the pie? of the pie? Yeah. Okay. I like pie. I'll do some apple pie there. Piper, this was your nomination. You get to go next. Yeah, I... Unfortunately, but fortunately, I'm going to have to agree with Sarah on all counts. I'm going to go slice of rice because I think it's fresh. It's unique. We all understand what it means. We all we all understand the reference just because it's not the same old one you've said 10,000 times doesn't mean it's wrong. So I'm going to marry that. We love a new take. I love a new take. Um, I am going to kill the crumbs just because it's just I'm so sick of getting fucking crumbs as women. I'm so sick of women getting crumbs of whatever's left over that the men don't want or don't understand. I just, I'm not here for the crumbs. I'm not here for crumbs anywhere. No crumbs. Leave no crumbs. And then, yeah, I'm going to have to fuck the slice or the piece of the pie because I hope we all get our piece of the pie. It's a little bit generic, but also who doesn't love pie? And my name's Piper, so. Wow. And we got a fuck out of her too. This is a big day. This is like a peak performance. Shayna, you're up next. Piper, when you're talking, I had like no scrubs in my head, but like pie. <laughs> I mean, no crumbs going through my head. New song, no crumbs. I'm going to kill crumbs because fuck your crumbs. I don't want your fucking crumbs. Um, I will fuck the slice of rice because a slice of rice is not that different from crumbs. I don't want one slice of rice. I would not be, that's not going to fill me up. I want a whole bowl of rice. I want a whole fucking pot. I want a giant bag, a 10 pound bag of rice if I fucking want. So, you know. But the slice of rice, I do like the innovative approach that you guys just broke it down. So, you know, we got to fuck that. And I'll marry the pie because pie is delicious. We love pie. There's so many different flavors and varieties. And if you want to eat the whole damn pie yourself, you can. And if you want to share and care, you can do that too. But you don't have to. You can just take a fork to the pie. Share and care. All right. Well, guess what, Shana? You're agreeing with me. I agree with you. I am going to marry the piece of the pie because as we often say, equality is not like pie. We want our metaphorical piece of pie. It's about damn time we've earned it. I'm going to fuck a slice of rice because you just make me laugh. And I'm going to kill crumbs because we deserve far better than crumbs. Fuck your crumbs. That's two. (laughs) Wow. It's a big day. I'm a bad influence. All right, my friends. Well, with that, we uh, special thanks to our superstar guest, Piper Shaw, half of the Piper and Allison experience when the Kraken is on the road. Piper, tell the people quickly where they can find you online. You can find me online if you search my name. I'm not the serial killer from the MTV show, Piper Shaw. Uh, Piper Shaw TV on Twitter and Pip Shaw on Instagram. Amazing. Don't, Um, Don't. I'll see you there. Amazing. Uh, You can find all of us at two underscore much underscore man on Twitter and Instagram. And in our link of our bio, you can find how to get our merch, how to find our website, how to get past episodes. You can also find our content on YouTube. If you want to see our gorgeous faces, which we are, regardless of what you say, we know we are. And you can also always send in your nominations for fuck, Mary kill that we might use in a future episode Remember that anytime you do support us buying our merch, we have notebooks, sweatshirts, we have hats, we have watch bands, we have burn books. All of that money is turned around and given back to causes that do what we're going to end this episode by asking you to help us with is do something no matter how big or small every day to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.